Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Episode number four, welcome back. This is part two of our Desert Island deliberation. Now on the last show we talked about our guitar choices and this week we're going to go on to talk about pedals, amps and also that wild card choice that we have to make. Subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app so you never miss a show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts and come and give us a like on Instagram at at guitar underscore smarts. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's move on. Let's move on to pedals. So, um, I have had to think about pedals in in kind of context with the rig that I've that I've chosen. So, in terms of pedals, and again, this is where I'm going to struggle with stuff that that I don't already own. So, I've kept mm. it fairly fairly generic, but um, I would need a wire pedal for sure. I just mm. <laughs> I just love a wire pedal. Always have done. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Jim Dunlop stuff. Um, but they do a whole range of different, different wires. So, um, so yeah, a wire pedal, I would want a looper as well. If I'm mm-hmm. on a desert Island, I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, I'd want some kind of reverb. If it's not in the amp, I'd want, um, uh, a, a delay and a chorus as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I've written down some of the models and things of pedals that, yeah. I, would, that I would choose. Um, but, yeah, and then a, and then a, then a drive uh, pedal or distortion pedal. I love the rap pedals. I think mm. they're great. Um, MXR do a great distortion pedal called the Super Badass Distortion, which I think is is yeah. brilliant. Yeah, for I know kind what of, you mean. Yeah, for, for Marshall type tones, I think mm. it does kind of JCM eight hundred sort mm-hmm. of kind of Silver Jubilee style Marshall tones really well, especially if you've chosen like an American style amp. Um, yeah. Uh, which I have as my amp choice. I've, I've chosen that kind of Fender style type amp. So, so yeah, I, I, that, that would be it. I, I mean, a, a wah, a looper, reverb, delay, chorus, and then something like a blues driver, and then an MXR super badass. That would mm. that would be that would be plenty. That would be more. Yeah, than plenty. and I, I've gone for a similar kind of thing. One number one TC electronic ditto looper, yeah. and then this is the this is this is. 
Don't. That's the only one that's an exception to the rule that I put in. Can't be something you own already. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I've got to take a Ditto Looper. I already have a Ditto Looper, but I want to occasionally feel like I'm playing guitar with somebody else, right? Yeah. So yeah. Ditto Looper's on there, some kind of boost pedal. I've put for a drive a Marshall Blues Breaker for that kind nice. of classic thing. A nice. chorus, same as you, a chorus pedal. Reverb, because I'm not going to get a room sound on a desert island, am I? So I need some kind of... <laughs> There's no natural echo out there, you know, in the middle of the Pacific somewhere. So, yeah, a T I put a TC Hall of Fame delay, yeah, an Aaron chorus pedal. Uh, my favourite delay that I've ever owned, but I do not own now, so I, I escaped that caveat, uh, is the way huge Aquapus delay. Which that's is probably a serious pedal. That's that a serious, is, yeah, that's, that's, a serious that's piece of kit. It is. It's, a, it's. I've owned one before. I think I've got it cheap, secondhand on eBay, and then mm. again, my one-in-one-out rule decided to yeah. sell it to get something else. Um, uh, but that was a fantastic, mm. really fantastic delay pedal, and that's mm. my my pedal choices. So power and everything's obviously all assumed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's jump over for that quickly then, and go to amps because this is. I'm interested to hear what you've thought about for an amplifier. Well, for, for so many for so many years, I was a Les Paul and Marshall guy, and then mm -hmm. kind of in, in later years moved over to Strats and kind of Fender amps, um, and then using pedals to 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 get more Marshall type tones if I if I needed it. Um, but there is this now again. This is this is where I I look at something and know what it will deliver tonally, and I get really excited even before I've picked it up. And that is a Les Paul through a Tweed style amp um, rather than a Marshall. I think I, I love the Marshall rock tone. Bonamassa, right? right? Mm. But in terms of yeah, Les Paul through a, through a Tweed, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it's. Um, I just think the two of those things look great together. They really but do. The way in which a Les Paul can really kind of drive that kind of Fender Tweed amp um, and give some searing kind of lead, uh, kind of woman tones and really growling blues tones is just phenomenal. Mm. And But also just back up off all of the, the volume and the tone and just... You know, you can get some incredibly nuanced and beautifully dynamic um, kind of clean uh, crunch tones. It's, mm. I think it's a very versatile setup. Um, mm. I've always loved the Marshall full-on, you know, Silver Jubilee, JCM 800 types tones. And, and, and that's where it's at in terms of pure rock tone for me with mm. the Les Paul. I've never been a huge fan of the Marshall clean tones. It's a pleasant clean tone, but it doesn't, it doesn't excel for me in the way that the Fender, Fender clean tones mm. do. So I own a, a Fender Blues uh, Deluxe um, with a, you know, which I think I've spoken about before is a brilliant amp, um, but I own that one, so I can't choose that. So um, one amp, uh, and again, because this is on the wish list, is uh, the Lazy J 20. So Lazy yes. J make these incredible bougie amps. Um, yeah. And they are based on that kind of Fender style amp, but everything has just been hand wired. Everything is just, you know, that little bit yeah. more special. The, the speakers in it, you know, Alnico uh, magnet speakers. I've I've never had the pleasure of trying one, but I've listened to them a few times and seen other people playing them. And again, they've got that kind of tweed vibe going on. They they, they do a twenty watt. I yeah. think it's well. I think it's actually an eighteen watt version. That's all I'd need. Nothing too stupid in terms yeah. of headroom. Um, That's a that really would, good choice. Great. That'd be great. A few, a few of my old mates who um, 
I haven't seen for a while, but uh, you know, proper gigging session guys, they swear by those amps for yeah. you know that particular sound. It's kind of like high fidelity Fender. You know, I've heard them describe them as as you know, you take it's, it's imagine you know what a you know a, a custom shop Fender Strat is to a normal Fender Strat. That's what the Lazy J is to the normal kind of Fender Tweed. It's like you know, on, on not on steroids in terms of sound and you know again or, or loud or anything like that, just in terms of fidelity of sound it's just something else that's and a really that's, good choice yeah. yeah that's how i describe hearing it when i when i heard it at a guitar show this guy was just noodling on it mm. and i was just like that's a beautiful kind of fender is it what you know what is it an old tweed twin or whatever and i looked at yeah. it and it was this little it was this little 10 watt lazy j that was pummeling out this incredible volume but just the, 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 the tone of it was superb so mm. I'd love to I'd love to buy one of those um, I flitted between that and and just keeping it simple with a Mark II Blues Junior with like a Jensen speaker upgrade in it or something just because yeah. they're just a great just a great amp again but hey this is Desert Island stuff so let's 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 blow the budget and let's get a lazy Joe. <laughs> Santa's doing all the shipping you know? exactly I, how about I, you I'm, I'm still conflicted next? on the amp thing right because um I, I, I've, I've recently kind of got this orange terror stamp thing on my board, which is it's a decent amp, but what, what it's introduced me to is, is the kind of inner orange sound, which is that it's, 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 an, it's a kind of a drive sound I've never really heard before because it's very clearly a British sounding amp, you mm, know, quite mm. pushed mids, but it's yeah. more gainy than a, than a Vox sound. It's, yes. it's a little bit more uneven than like a, a Marshall sound. It's got... Yes. You know, it's somewhere between a fuzz and a, and a distortion kind of, you know, when you've got it driven. And I really kind of love that sound. I've kind of really come to like it, playing it. And actually, one of the guitarists I've really been into over the last couple of years, a guy called Marcus King, um, mm-hmm. who's, you know, really young guy in from, I think, Carolina in the US, who's just a ridiculous ridiculous singer, fantastic guitarist. He's playing through these vintage orange stacks and it just sounds just sounds fantastic, you know. Really kind of gnarly sounding, you know, biting uh, lead guitar sound, but still, you know, really smooth at the same time. So I actually kind of said I'd if I could have anything, I'd have like an original orange OR one hundred watt head with a four by twelve card. Right. <laughs> so it's a bit like it's entirely unnecessary and over the top for but I, I, I really love the, the sound of orange amps at the moment. But then I thought that just wouldn't work at all with a Clapton strat and I've chosen a Clapton strat. That'd sound terrible. So maybe actually and then I started thinking, well that Clapton strat, the sound I love of that Clapton strat from when I was, you know, uh, thinking about Clapton's guitar sound in the 80s. He was playing through a Soldano SLO 100 head. SLO 100, yeah. Exactly. And that's just been reissued over the last Uh, year, hasn't it? So Soldano started making the under 30-watt version. So now I'm kind of like thinking, maybe I'd go for the Soldano, but am I now just asking... Santa for Eric Clapton's late 80s guitar rig. Yes. Rather than actually, I am, aren't I? And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, I I, I embrace it. Exactly, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will embrace it, actually. Embrace it, because there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, from recollection, I think the Soldanos um, originally were based on kind of modded... 
uh, Marshall heads anyway. Yeah, uh, I think I you think, could be is right. It Mike yeah. Solda- is it Mike Soldano? Mike I can't, Soldano, I can't remember. Yeah. Didn't he used to work for Marshall or something like that? Or at least I think he went went to America and started yeah. modding some of the Marshall 100 watt. Um, I think he was Plexi one of those guys, yeah, who was doing early mods. JCM 800 yeah. heads and started yeah. modding them, and that's where the Soldano thing came around. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's a, a crazy choice. The, 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 the SLO 100 or Slow 100 or however you pronounce it, I think is actually quite a gainy, almost marshall type driven amp, but obviously with the way Clapton used yeah. it, you know, got, got different tones out of it. So I think yeah. it's quite a versatile piece of kit. It's um, a really, it is a heavy amp. Definitely. Yeah. You see, I think you I, see a lot of the, yeah. So when you said the orange, I didn't think that was an unusual choice. I would have thought it was an unusual choice with the Clapton Strat until um, yeah. I'd seen that a combo of a Strat and, a, and an orange 4x12 and was blown away by the combination. And that, um, I've seen um, this band a few times now, and it's Alan Nemo from Kinking who has the most beautiful yes. yeah. strap tones, um, very Clapton-inspired yeah. and is playing sometimes. I mean, he's just a phenomenal blues guitarist, I think, you know. Um, but I think he covered... Superb he covers, singer as well, uh, got to be said. Like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. Singer. I've been following them for many years and seen them play in... You know, I used to go and watch them at the Half Moon in, mm. in Putney in these little venues and things and Blues on the Farm um, down near Chichester. where I, <clears throat> and, 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 you know, I've seen them a number of times, but now I think they're, they're getting pretty big, actually, on the Blues scene and they're doing a lot bigger venues and touring a lot further. Yeah. But he's an incredible player and his live strat sound for me, he played, he's played Les Pauls and things with the Nemo Brothers and, and, and um, he, he yeah. does play Les Pauls live as well in his, in his kinking setup. But... Um, the sound of his uh, strat through the orange amps that he was using when I was watching him live once, I was just like, that tone is just phenomenal. So I think I think yeah. the strat through the it's orange amp player. could work I agree as well. With that entirely, it could work as well. Yeah. yeah, well, I've seen it. I've seen it work. I I I, I couldn't agree more. And you you said that he's you know Alan Nemo is really coming up. I think he was on the last. Joe Joe Bonamassa does this, uh, keeping the blues alive. Yeah. Yeah. Cruise yes. every year. Alan yes. Nemo, King King, his band yes. was on the last one I I know. in the Mediterranean. I, I, I came, I came. Which is really, you know, that's really awesome. I came seconds away to, to buying two tickets for that last. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going, I was going on it. I was on oh. it. It was two, it was two and a half grand for a basic cabin. Um, but that included, I think, your food and, and some basic drinks and stuff like that. But it was two and a half grand a cabin. Uh, yeah. for a week on board a ship with Bonamassa and King King and watching all these gigs every night. And I was just like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. Fuck it. I'm doing it. Uh, and honestly, I was there. I was watching yeah. the ticket sales. I kept I kept going to and fro yeah. uh, with it for a few days. And I, I backed out right at the last minute only because um, we wanted to go on holiday somewhere else with the family. And I kind of thought, I'll go next year. Yeah. And then COVID. And then COVID hit. Yeah. So, yeah, next next time I'm going, I'm going on it, mate. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You've got to do it. I'm really sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation between Kieran and myself. But if you've made it this far, maybe you should consider subscribing to this podcast. That way you won't miss any future episodes. And while you're at it, come and join us on our social media channels too. They're all linked in the description. Come and give us a like, thumbs up or whatever it is you do these days. Anyway, back to the conversation. Let's move on to albums. So I said three albums, right? 
Um, I don't know if you thought about this one yet, but I've I, I actually made a list. This. Yeah, I know. And I've, and I've, um, three albums is hard. Five might have been a better number, but I'm going to say my three. Uh, yeah. And I reckon you can guess. I reckon you're not going to be surprised by two of them. Right, so I reckon that you... Do you want me me to guess? I won't won't tell you what the exact album is. I am betting betting somewhere on there is a Clapton album. Of course, yes. Right, right. Uh, I I have thoughts as to what the other two might be, but I'm not going to ruin it. I'm going to write down (laughs) in front of me now, and I promise you I won't change it, (laughs) but I'll write down the other two artists... Uh, yeah. that I think might be uh, featured in your... Uh, uh, okay, right, I finished. I finished writing it down. Go All on. right. But I, okay. but I know Good. there's going to okay. be Clapton so, in there somewhere. Album number one, From the Cradle, Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah. Great <laughs> That's, it's, it's, it's like the album that got me playing guitar. It's the first yeah. album that really made me think that I, that I loved music um, and yeah. still love that album now. Still, I could still listen to that front to back every day without ever getting tired of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. number two is continuum john mayer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i wrote i wrote john mayer down i didn't know which yeah. album you'd go for but i wrote john mayer and down as one of my for a number of reasons not just because you know a huge john mayer fan but that mm. actually that um that, i mean i first listened to that in about 2007 i think it was a 2006 album but in 2007 I probably hadn't really played guitar at all for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and it was that album that got me back into playing guitar. So in a way, that's kind of that album had the same effect on me as From the Cradle did, but yeah. later in my life, kind of thing. And the last one is Abbey Road by the Beatles, which I think is yes. the perfect. It's a, it's a, it's one of the only perfect albums of just perfect songs. Um, yeah. And the last, if you've ever listened to Abbey Road, that last kind of six seven songs, which is basically just a medley of short songs is mm. just mm. it's just a euphoric thing to listen to just amazing yeah. those that that last That's medley of songs is and those things, I yeah, I reckon I after a week I'd want to listen to other albums anyway but, <laughs> but <laughs> well, as in such as life but those yeah, are the three but, that I would say are my favorite albums of all time they so are great they choice. are really great choices um I I was a huge Clapton fan um, through my dad's uh, music mm. taste, and uh, uh, but my dad had had all the kind of eighties Clapton stuff when he was almost kind of in his kind of rock uh, era, rock pop mm. era, if I can mm. if I can say that. I don't know when from the Cradle came out. It may have been in the eighties. It was ninety four. Ninety four, right? But my dad, my dad didn't own that album, mm. so I'd grown up listening to a lot of the kind of Cream Clapton stuff, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard of any of the, the kind of uh, Blues Breakers stuff, um, and it was all of the kind of Journeyman era and all his more kind of um, pop rock kind yeah. of stuff, and I'm obviously phenomenal guitarist. And I was I was going through a massive Stevie Ray uh, kind of uh, period in my kind of late teenage years, and I was waxing lyrical to another friend of mine who's a guitar player, just going, "This, you know, Stevie Ray is the epitome of of, of where the blues is at in terms of what I like about uh, blues guitar." And he'd said, "Yeah, yeah, but you know, Stevie's great, but he said he's not a patch on Clapton." And I was like, "Ah, Clapton, yeah, he's he's amazing. He's a brilliant guitarist, but he can't he can't play the blues like Stevie Stevie Ray." <laughs> I mean, he can play the blues, but he can't play like Stevie Ray. 
and and my friend said, "Have you have you ever heard from the cradle?" And I was like, "No." Mm. And so he went, "Do yourself a favour," and he and he lent it to me. He put it in my hands, <laughs> and he said, "Go home tonight and listen to this, and then tell me what you think." And I I, I called him up at like one in the morning. I'd been listening to it all night, mm. and I was like, "I am such a fool." <laughs> I'm such a, I am I am so because he was a lot he was a bit old he was like about 10 years older than me he was more seasoned than me I was like a 16 17 yeah. year old kid who knew nothing really about anything apart yeah. from Stevie Ray was the greatest blues guitar player of all time and this just schooled me I was like my god Clapton as a blues guitarist is just out of this world yeah and that was his best time for me a lot of people yeah. say it was uh, the 60s but for me that early 90s uh, well, not the early nineties, but post unplugged. Um, well, really, it was just that album from the cradle. Yeah. That was, yeah. and it took me a long time. It was probably fifteen, twenty years after really listening to that that I realised mm. that it was a, it was his tribute album to yeah. his heroes, and that mm. I mean, it, it was probably twenty years before I listened to um, Muddy Waters' Hoochie Coochie Man. You know mm. that original recording, and you listen yeah. to that and you go, "Oh my god." Clapton was literally trying to just do that. He wasn't just yeah. trying to do the song his way. He was trying to do, yeah. th- do it the muddy way kind of thing. And that that's what I love about that album again is, you know, actually, although it's a really great album in terms of Clapton's musicianship and that band, you realise what he was trying to do was pay as big a tribute as he could to his heroes and doing songs that were, you know, um, as 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 that album is to me, those albums are to to Clapton, you know, the, his heroes recordings. And he was trying, I think, do you know, he spent, if you read his autobiography, the record company were getting really quite concerned with him because he basically booked out Olympic Studios in London for mm-hmm. over a year, full time. I mean, you're talking probably hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of studio wow. time because he was so into the detail of recording that album and getting the sound right in his head in terms of replicating what, you know, the, the feel of those original albums, that he was just living in that studio for, I think, over a year um, trying to record that album. You think you listen to that album, it's, it's a couple of hours' worth of blues jams and it was a year's, you know, a, a, a year of work day in, day out for him. It's quite incredible, actually that album and you know it only makes me enjoy it more when i listen to it i think it's an incredible choice matt if anyone that hasn't heard from the cradle it is yeah. just one of the most definitive blues albums of all time by one of the most incredible guitarists of all time mm-hmm. and um he's a real blues historian as you say if you read his autobiography <clears throat> you realize that he was quite unusual for a you know a caucasian um, guy growing up in in the heart of Surrey in the home counties um, to be at a very young age just mm. really interested in all of this kind of um, music um, yeah <coughs> excuse me from America this kind of um, black roots blues music and the whole Robert Johnson thing and and he he really got into it. it it kind of helped him you know discover himself in a way that you know everything else around him couldn't didn't you know make sense in, in many ways and and he never lost that really he he yeah, of course he developed his own style of playing and, and his own kind of um you know iconic status but he never never detracted from what he really loved which is this the original roots of these blues songs and and who made them and 
So yeah, I, uh, you can hear it when you go back and listen to these guys. You can go, ah, I've heard Clapton do that, or I've heard Clapton's exactly. take on that. And yeah. I thought it was Clapton, right? Because yeah. again, he's he's doing he's doing us, you know, the, this generation and the and the subsequent generations that listen to him that service That's of it. opening up and facilitating, for, mm. you know, this is where it came from, guys. This is this is what influenced me, and you know, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's an incredible album. Yeah, absolutely. Good choice. Good choice. What are your choices, dude? Um, okay. Do you want to guess any of them? Could you guess any of them? Oh, or artists? I, reckon, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking maybe a Guns N' Roses album is in there somewhere. Stevie Ray, possibly. Um, <laughs> go on. You, you know go me well. You know me well. <laughs> so, uh, top of the list is Appetite uh by by guns oh. and roses it, appetite for destruction it is for me it is the seminal rock album of of kind of my youth and one of the albums that just inspired me to play guitar um you know uh, for me it is just an evergreen album mm. um I think I can't listen to Sweet Child of Mine anymore or Paradise City or any of those tracks because I've just listened to them too much. And yet every time they come on, I still mm. listen to them with, with incredible passion and just love the, the kind of uh, the songs. So I, it's an evergreen album. I just can't get tired of it. Um, I don't listen to it that often now, but every time it comes on or I do listen to it for me it just it's evocative of why I I play guitar the guitar tone that I love for rock and it's my youth it's got memories associated with it um Mm. so yeah it's a a great album I think just a great rock album Um, excellent choice I agree entirely I think it's an absolutely stunning rock album really great so then I went for I might have cheated with the next one. I might have cheated with the next one. <laughs> is so, it possible to cheat choosing another I, one? Well, I, maybe, maybe. Tell me, you tell me what don't, you think. Don't tell me it's the greatest hit. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is. See, uh, see that's, okay. see, that's how that's you okay. cheat. <laughs> well, it's not a greatest hit, but to me, it is one of the best, uh, just leaves me speechless, uh, live albums. And it's John Mayer's Where the Light Is. Ah, yeah. So it is kind of a greatest hit, but Mm. it's a greatest hit... Of, of of three different parts, right? There's the yeah. there's the there's the acoustic set that he does on his own first and mm-hmm. foremost, which is just a tour de force of you know it's solo terrible. acoustic guitar playing and singing. It's just that neon. that in itself neon a lot, yeah, just ridiculous. You know <laughs> that in itself would would make for a worthy choice in this. Yeah. Then he does up a notch to the kind of trio with uh, Steve Jordan and Pino Pino Palladino just yeah. playing some great three-piece bluesy kind of you know jams and and great tunes uh and then if that wasn't enough after a brief interlude we get the full kind of john mayer band and greatest hits you know and i think you know just watching that and listening to that uh, and not only because of the 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 kind of journey you go on with the, the songs from his career but also just hearing those different setups of bands and things, I think is just an incredible oh, album. That's, I, I, again, I completely agree. I mean, that I, I can think of moments in that whole live album that I've listened to, not just songs I've listened to over and over, but moments. Like you mentioned, like Pino Palladino in Good Love Is On The Way. Mm. You know, if you listen, listen to that again, um, and after the guitar solo, when it goes into the chorus, 
um, between the singing parts of the chorus, Pino does this bass lick. It's like do 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 do, and it's just there's uh, there's been times where I've listened to that song and I've just looped that over and over again because like <laughs> Pino's bass playing and, and the fills he does between singing. It's yeah. just like nothing else. It's so musical. They sound, they sound so much bigger than just three people yes. playing guitar, bass, and drums. Yes. And then, like you say, the full band thing, when they do Gravity, you know, that solo mm. at the end mm. of Gravity is, mm. that's one of my favourite guitar solos of all time. You know, it's yeah. a, that's a lesson in how to, you know, kind of crescendo, yeah. you know, a song and... Yeah, superb choice. Incredible. And a live album as well, which I do love yeah. a good live album. It's well recorded. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for me, that, that that ticks my John Mayer box. And it also ticks, um, you know, mus musicianship. And... It ticks my John Mayer box. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Let's be honest. This is it. This is the final choice I agonised mm -hmm. over. And, again, my head kicked in and, and, and said, OK, you're going to put Stevie Ray in, you're going to put Clapton's Unplugged album in, you know, Texas Flood or, or Clapton Unplugged or um, Queen, you know, uh, mm -hmm. what's going in there? And, I've, you know, it's, it's agonising, right? Um, uh, and I uh, settled on uh, a really controversial one, but Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Oh. Did not expect that. I really did not expect that, and that is such a brilliant choice. That's a One, really two. oh, what an album! Well, you know, Quincy Jones and yeah. Michael Jackson in terms of the production. I, I will. It was either either that one or Off the Wall. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. just listening to those two albums and the production, and the, I hear something different every time in those tracks. Mm. Um, and I've listened to that album since I was, you yeah. know six seven years old and mm. every time i pick up on something different or you know a chord progression that you know piques my interest or just the way in which they've you know uh built and layered a song and i think it's just a great album and um there's some amazing amazing songs on there and it's very mm. evocative of a period of of my youth mm. um and i think it's just a brilliant a, a brilliant uh addition to those three it gives it it gives a a, a different uh a different mood and a different feel. Mm. So, yeah, those are my three. Choice. Those are my three. Awesome, right. Last, let's, let's go through this last one quickly, right? The wild card. I don't know if you thought about this, but um, for, I'm, I reckon I'm going to surprise you with what my wild card is. So tell everyone what the wild card is. What was your definition of the wild card? Right, so this take? is, this is um, so, okay, let's, yeah, let's jump back to the definition. So the wild card is something, anything at all, music-related, such as an accessory or another instrument altogether. So just just anything. It could, you know, be creative about it, but it's got to be something music-related. Okay. So mm. mine is saxophone. Ha. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because um, as, I, as I get older and I've played more guitar, um, the thing, do you know the thing that I miss the most mm -hmm. um, is the feeling of of learning something for the first time. So yeah. I really miss how learning guitar made me feel when I was younger, you know, you, you, that because you'd make such a progression week by week mm. when now mm. it's all minimal returns, right? If I want to learn yeah. something on my guitar, and I'm not saying I know everything. Um, I'm by, you know, I'm, I'm a long way from being, you know, the, a, a very, very technically proficient guitarist. You know, I'm, I'm decent, but... 
There's a lot. Well, of you're, you're more than decent, do. and you're and you're very far from being a, a novice guitarist, right? So <laughs> yes, I, I, that's, thank you. That's very, very kind it, of you right? to say. But if I want to learn something new now, let's say I want to get, I want to develop my speed, it would be a lot of work mm. and take a lot of time, um, and you know, and I don't have that time as much as well now. Whereas when I was, you know, 16 years old. I could, I could, I feel, I feel like I could double my capacity to get better at it week mm. by week. You know, that's just just the way things are. I guess. So actually, the reason I've said a saxophone, it could be anything. It could be a set of drums, really, harmonica. It doesn't matter. But the point is, it's something that I could take with me to teach myself how to play. But it gives me the opportunity to feel like that again. To feel like I can learn something. And get better at it, and teach myself to get better at it week by week. So, if anything, all I'm saying, it's not the saxophone; it's the opportunity to have something to learn again. Is what I want. That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. So that's that's my choice. And the saxophone is the thing is the thing for you. The saxophone is the thing. Out. I don't know why. I've got this thing in my head that I'll just spend eternity <laughs> playing Curlous Whisper on the on the. <laughs> <laughs> beaches of some wrong with deserted that. island somewhere you know Nothing. well what better place to, to to learn how and learn your reed technique <laughs> than on a, yeah. on a desert island where people people can't hear you squeaking <laughs> until you until you nailed it but exactly good, no, good good exactly very good very so good. that's that's my choice is that something what have you thought about do you thought about anything for the wild card or I had. I thought of yeah. many things. I started writing down every attractive female pop singer that I could think of. As so, I've got Ariana Grande, Katy Perry. I've got Shakira on the list. Rihanna featured a couple of times. Uh, it's a desert island, and you said wild card, and you know, uh, it's it's going to get lonely. But no, that would be again, of course, cheating. And um, I, I'm probably I've probably asked Santa for too much, really, with, a, with what with a lazy J and a and. A and a martin and, and all those other things so uh. um so i didn't i i i went to a similar place to you really i chose a, I chose a harmonica seriously yeah Fantastic. i chose a harmonica for the same for the same reason because um i've always loved the sound of uh, a harmonica and i've i think uh, it's just effortlessly cool when I see these guys pull out harmonicas and just and just play along. I, I went to university with this guy, this French guy called Jean Lou, just a just a beautifully wonderful human being with charisma oozing from every soul, and just like the coolest French dude ever. And um, <clears throat> he would always have, but not unbeknownst to everyone, he would always have a harmonica in his pocket. And uh, <laughs> not one of those. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> I realised what I just said. Yeah, uh, in his jacket pocket. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. You think, oh god, no, not one of those guys. But he could really play, right? So um, we'd be at parties, or we'd be jamming with guitars, or whatever. And out, out would come his harmonica. And uh, but he was so good on it yeah. that it just it it, it, it didn't. Fail to impress. You know, the fact um, that you said that he was a French guy, though, you know, there's a comedian in my brain that's saying that no matter what you're playing, he's playing the theme tune to Hello, Hello on this thing, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That was a great theme tune. That was was a great show. That was a great show. (laughs) 
And so, that, so you'd go for the harmonica and you teach I go for the harmonica, the teach myself to play the harmonica, something yeah. different, something that I think I find very evocative and I think conveys some great emotion and, and blues kind of feel to it. And yeah, because I want to, I want to learn something, something That's else. Cool. So, so um, when you're not rocking out on the Les Paul through the, uh, through the, the Lazy J, you're going to be it. sat there on the Larravee That's singing it. a bit of Bob Dylan. That's it. Fantastic. As yeah. the sun goes down. Yeah, I, I'm gutted this isn't real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've enjoyed this experience so much about thinking about this. It's, do you know what it is? Through it's like through COVID, my desire to pack a suitcase and go on holiday and sit on a beach and do all those finer things mm. in life is obviously like many of us been been dialed up to eleven. So the the process of, of preparing for this desert island trip has almost been like the process of, of going on holiday where I've been writing a list of all the things I'm going to need and now as we get to the end of this podcast I realise none of it is real and none of these things are going to happen which no. which uh, gives me that same feeling that you have when you walk point. into a guitar shop and don't buy anything basically we've had an hour and 20 minutes of fun now we're going to be left with emptiness and sadness and melancholy <laughs> I don't know I might real. go back to the I might go back to the Lazy J website and, uh, and uh, yeah. get your order in there go spend some money dude it <laughs> is the season it is the season it is season. the season indeed it is the season awesome that was fun that was really good fun really good session that thanks mate I enjoyed that I enjoyed that a lot Right, Fantastic. Buddy. Enjoyed it, buddy. Yeah, and you. Speak to you soon. I'll speak to you later, buddy. Bye-bye. Ta-da. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this. This was such fun to do. Um, and we're definitely going to set ourselves some more interesting challenges in the future, things to think about, things to consider. Um, maybe you can send us some ideas, ask us some questions. You can do that through our social media channels. They're linked in the description. Um, come and give us a like on those pages. Come and say hello. Give us a subscribe on whatever podcast um, platform you use. And we're available on all the big ones. And yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Take care of yourselves. Bye.